Talo Falava, you're listening to Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. Coming up first, Pacific media gather in Solomon Islands to discuss issues in the journalism industry. I'd encourage both the media and the authorities uh, within the region that the media is not, not, not the decision makers. Also, Vanuatu's president proposes a treaty to eliminate fossil fuel. Fundamental human rights are being violated. And later on, natural disasters continue to devastate countless lives. More Pacific leaders take to the podium at the UN General Assembly. Media managers, personnel and educators from across the Pacific and further abroad are meeting in Honiara Solomon Islands this week. It's the first in-person meeting for the Pacific Islands News Association members and supporters since the start of the pandemic. The president of the association, Kora No, is also the managing director of the National Broadcasting Corporation of Papua New Guinea. He told RNZ Pacific's Koroi Hawkins that Pacific media organisations need to stand in solidarity in today's evolving media landscape. Yeah, I was going to say it's been almost two years going uh, <clears throat> since we had our last meeting in Tonga. So it's good to be finally back uh, meeting face-to-face with our colleagues from across the Pacific. And I'm looking forward to uh, seeing where we left off and then uh, seeing the opportunities we have and then we can build on those. But uh, like I said, it's, it's good to be back here meeting our colleagues uh, face-to-face. Yeah, and this, this year it's in Honiara. Um, uh, quite a lot happening in Honiara in the news in recent, in recent months and that. So uh, I, quite a, I thought a, 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 good, a good choice for our, our regional meeting. Yeah, it, it's been interesting what we've been following in the media, and I was hope, uh, and I'm, I'm happy that the, the regional media is here as well, so we can uh, uh, meet here against the backdrop of uh, the happenings here, and also that'll be that, that'll be also a good good background to uh, help some of our colleagues in the media understand issues uh, how they've been handled here, and then we can learn from those as well because we, we have our own peculiar. Situations back in our own, uh, own countries, mm, mm. but then some of the issues are cut across. Uh, so it will be interesting here and also helpful for others, other media workers to understand how how how, yeah. how, how it's done here. There's, there's been a shift in <clears throat> the media landscape in the Pacific, not just because of COVID, but um, in in a lot of different ways. Is, is that something that that will be talked about and looked at here? If you can have a look at our theme across the summit, there's, there's a lot of emphasis on uh, the di- uh, digital uh, revolution uh, in the world and across the Pacific as well. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of emphasis on, on how we tackle the challenges uh, uh, on that, that's uh, brought on by technology and as well as embrace um, the opportunities that are there. So, yeah, you can say that there's a lot of... Uh, uh, the change of dynamics in, in the media landscape, but then I, I think our our interest should be how we can take advantage of those and help help uh, each other across the across the region. Um, f- finally, maybe one of the other other aspects that's been coming into focus of recently is some strong arm tactics from various governments on media. Um, there's been some encroachment on judicial areas. There's concerns around corruption in the state and and different accountability and transparency, those issues and how they are reported and how local institutions and media are treated by governments, like what's your view on that, the things that are happening around the region in that, that respect? Uh, first and foremost, I'd, I'd make it clear that uh, 
Guinea stands neutral on how uh, each individual country and, and, and the media environment in which they work in. But I, I'd, I'd, I'd encourage both the media and the authorities uh, within the region that the media is not, not, not the decision makers. We're just a conduit to between the authorities and our people. So it's in that regard that the media has its role to play. We're not here to be the spokesperson for the government or, or for, the, for, the, for the citizens. We also have a role to play in being a, a conduit to uh, enable, having an enabling environment for all parties to work together for the betterment of the region. So we, we appreciate uh, the dynamics that uh, in each individual country have. But like I said, the role of the media needs to be understood so that uh, everybody uh, appreciates where we, uh, we we play our role as well. So uh, what I'm saying is um, we we don't have any other interest except to be a conduit for uh, information flow from the government and from the people to the government. So that's basically our role. And uh, throughout the whole week, uh, we'll also be emphasizing that in, in our various uh, uh, issue, issues and agendas that we are, we are here to discuss. Thank you, Thomas. Looking forward to the week. Thank you so much. Vanuatu's President Nikanika Vurbaravu has called on other nations to join them in establishing a fossil fuel non-proliferation treaty. He made the historic call at the United Nations General Assembly. The treaty has been proposed as an international mechanism to address the source of 86% of the CO2 emissions that cause climate change. Mr Vurbaravu says every day we are experiencing the crippling consequences of the climate crisis. The world is now demanding more ambitious action on climate at every level. This emergency is of our own making, is now affecting uh, all people, those from the poorest to the richest nations. The call for a fossil fuel treaty has already been endorsed by more than 65 cities and sub-national governments around the globe, including London, Lima, Los Angeles, Kolkata, Paris and the Hawaii State Legislature. President Vurbaravu says young people are terrified of the future due to the expanding fossil fuel dependency. Fundamental human rights are being violated as we begin uh, measuring climate change, not in degrees of Celsius or tons of carbon, but in human lives. The time is up. Action is required now. He says no one is immune to the extreme weather events now ravaging our islands, cities and states. The Vanuatu president says the proposed treaty will face down coal, oil and gas production in line with the 1.5 degrees Celsius. He says the treaty will enable a just transition for every worker, community and nation where fossil fuel is dependent. As you see, we are leaving no stones unturned as we um, seek solution to this climate crisis. And I particularly call on member states to support Vanuatu and our global coalition as we bring an ICJ climate change resolution before the General Assembly this season. He says that's why the nations of the Blue Pacific continent are leading a global initiative to bring climate change to the International Court of Justice. Recently, the proposal has also been supported by the Vatican and the World Health Organization. The United Nations General Assembly has heard of the challenges island nations face in the Pacific. From climate change to building resilience and Taiwan's allies, Pacific leaders who took to the podium did not hold back on the challenges facing their countries. 
Finaufonua has more. Fiji's Prime Minister Frank Bainimarama urged developed nations during his address to deliver on the U.S. $100 billion climate finance commitment at COP27 in Egypt later this year. He said Fiji had felt the devastation of 14 cyclones since 2014, leading to his nation borrowing millions of dollars to rebuild. Mr. Bainimarama said he had a message for leaders of developed nations before they arrived for COP27 in Sharm el-Sheikh, Egypt. Only come if you plan to arrive true to your climate finance commitments. Only come to Sharm el-Sheikh if you are ready to agree to a loss and damage mechanism in addition to a post-2025 financing framework. This must be in the order of $750 billion, with at least 10% of climate finance destined for small island states. For Samoa's Prime Minister, Fiame Naomi Mata'afa, climate change is her country's number one priority. Fiame told the UN that the main challenge for Pacific communities is securing action for survival. She said the achievement of a 50-50 split between mitigation and adaption funding is of paramount importance to Samoa and small island developing states, or SIDs. We should not put out the flame for loss and damage. Natural disasters continue to devastate countless lives. Recent climate events are transboundary and drive home the reality that no country is immune to the impacts of climate change. The Kingdom of Tonga was represented at the UN by their Prime Minister Huakawa Meiliku Siosi Savaleni. In his address to the United Nations General Assembly, he said his government's renewed national priority is to rebuild back better. He said all Tongans will never forget January 15th, the day of the Hunga Tonga Hunga Haapai volcanic explosion, which was followed by a tsunami. He said his government must build national resilience against external threats and risks. We must improve the quality of services and affordability to the community and achieve progressive and sustainable economic growth. We are committed to reduce the risk and the harmful effects of natural disasters, particularly through risk-informed development efforts, through enhancing disaster preparedness for effective response. Huokawa Meiliko said the widespread economic and social damage and sadly the loss of life is estimated by the World Bank at 36.4% of Tonga's GDP. Tuvalu's Prime Minister Kausea Natano took aim at the UN for excluding Taiwan from the United Nations systems. Mr. Natano said Tuvalu has significantly benefited from its partnership with Taiwan. He said Tuvalu supports the readmission of Taiwan into the UN as a founding member of the United Nations and for its active participation in UN-specialized agencies. We must not sideline Taiwan, a vibrant democracy that has made significant progress on all the sustainable development goals and ready to contribute more in global efforts in achieving the SDGs. Tuvalu, Palau, Nauru and the Marshall Islands are Taiwan's remaining Pacific allies. 
No longer an ally of Taiwan, the Solomon Islands Prime Minister Manasseh Sogavare spoke of how his nation has been unfairly targeted since it formalized diplomatic relations with China. He told the UN General Assembly that the Solomon Islands has been subjected to a barrage of unwarranted and misplaced criticisms, misinformation, and intimidation that threatens its democracy and sovereignty. Solomon Islands has been vilified in the media since formalizing its relationship with China. This decision was reached through democratic processes by democratically elected government. Manasseh Sogavare then called on nations to respect his country's sovereignty and democracy. He said the Solomon Islands has adopted a friends to all and enemies to none foreign policy. That's Pacific Waves for today. Remember, you can download us for free to your device from Spotify, iHeart, or Apple Podcasts. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can also find us. So far, so far, Manuel Levayaso.